Hey, what's going on? This is Troy, and this is the Planet 76 Podcast, your source for Sixers news, highlights, hot takes, and more. Welcome to the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Planet 76, episode 41. Uh, this is Troy. I've got Michael here with me, and uh, we've got William joining us for the first time all the way from New Zealand. How's it hanging over there, man? <laughs> that's, What's that's going incredible. on? I still can't believe this is happening. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, it's pretty good here. We're, um, we're still in the midst of sort of lockdown stuff due to COVID. Um, we're like six weeks, two months behind COVID for everyone, so... Yeah, we're still like like Omicron is just picking up here, oh, but wow. other than that, like we're doing good over here. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so um, why don't you guys? So obviously, Michael, you connected uh, William with us here on Planet Seventy Six. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, and then uh, we'll get we'll get William right into it just to hear how he's a Sixers fan and how that kind of happened. Why don't you explain? Yeah. Some of that? So he. I, I put up, I forget what I put up a few weeks ago on Trust, actually it wasn't a few weeks ago, it was a few days ago on Trust the Love on my page, and a couple people responded, they were like, hey, can I be on the podcast, can I be on the podcast, some of them probably weren't serious, but one of them that was serious was Williams here, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, you definitely can be on the podcast, and this is our honorary Dirk episode, so number 41, so we, I mean, I had to have a guest, and I'm glad that we got him on the podcast, so... Yeah, really, really glad we could get you on and really glad, glad we could get the times to work because for those that don't know, he lives in New Zealand and um, this is uh, this is interesting. I, I like so, this a lot. So it's it's 4.30 yeah. in the afternoon here. We're, we're recording at what, 10.30 for you guys, four th- uh, but that's because it's Friday for yes. us, so it's Thursday for you. Right. <laughs> that's crazy. That's right. Oh dang! You're already on <laughs> James Harden's debut day. I'm jealous because well, we're not going to be there for another hour but, and a half. <laughs> but it, his debut was oh. Saturday for us. Oh, that's true. That's true. Duh. <laughs> yeah. So, but, so uh, that game that's you know roughly 24 hours from now is is sort of uh, midday tomorrow for I me. See. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so on a scale of one to ten, how ready are you, William, for James Harden's debut? I've been ready for a hell of a long time since <laughs> since what the twenty eighteen playoffs when the Celtics sort of froze out Ben Simmons, and I was like, right, okay, we thought this was going to be Shaq and Penny, but Penny would shoot the ball and Penny would make <laughs> his free throws. But this this isn't going to work. I I've tried to defend Ben for as long as forever. Um. I mean, hell, after the after the pass in Game Seven last year, I was fully ready to trade Ben Simmons for John Wall. I was done. Mm-hmm. I was so over it. Um, I defended him as hard as I could because you got to support your team to the death. Um, and, and at that stage, I went, no, I'm done. So, but I've I've been wanting to move on from Ben since since 2018, since his rookie season, wow. um, because I just knew it wasn't going to work. Because we saw it at LSU, he didn't care. He wasn't interested in, prov- in, in improving. Right. We, we've seen it since since his, his high school days at Montverde and, and at LSU. He didn't care. I've sort of known it wasn't going to work for a while. Um, yeah, I've been ready to move on since 2018. Hmm. Yeah, I had a friend tell me, uh, actually just two days ago, he was like, Ben Simmons hasn't improved since high school anyway. So it's like, uh, you know, pointing to what you said about the yeah. desire and the heart behind it and... 
2018. That's a long time. So this is a long anticipated um, thing with James Harden. And, you know, even I was thinking about it today. Um, I mean, being a Sixers fan, and if you've been a Sixers fan, you know, anyone listening for as long as we have, you remember the dark days. You remember the 10-win season. You remember the 20-win seasons. Yeah. And it's just it's, – it's so amazing to think you can go from that to, you know, the, the progress that obviously we've made over the last number of years. But to think that James Harden – if you'd have told me seven years ago that James Harden's going to be a Philadelphia 76er at some point, I, I would say you're crazy. Absolutely. And, um, again, we're we're less than 24 hours away from him making his <laughs> debut. So, um, again, you're in New Zealand. So, what? How? Why are you a Sixers fan? We love that you're a Sixers fan, but how did that happen? <laughs> so, so I'm. I currently stand six foot, and I was this tall when I was like 12 and 13ish years old, and I knew I wasn't going to grow much taller. But for New Zealand, I'm, like, kind of tall. So I, I always wanted to play NCAA basketball, so I thought, cool, I'm going to pick a college point guard who's getting drafted, and I'm going to model my game after this guy. And Oh, boy. And I was watching the Final Four that year, and it, that was the one with um, Syracuse and Michigan. That was when Spike Albrecht was at Michigan. But I really loved Michael Carter-Williams, a 6'6 point guard from Syracuse. And I was like, right, wherever he gets drafted, <laughs> that's the team I'm supporting. That's so great. <laughs> and so so, so I, I, I had no idea about the NBA at that point. Right? All I knew was, was that the Heat had, had just won the title and, and that LeBron James was amazing. That's all I knew because it, it, NBA at that stage didn't get a lot of coverage here. We'd only ever had one NBA player from New Zealand in the NBA. That was Sean Marks wow. back and forever ago okay. when he played for the Spurs. Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. So then, so I just went, okay, I'm going to support Philadelphia. Like, that's where he's been drafted. Cool. Um, I'm pretty sure Stephen Adams was the 12th pick just after Michael Carter-Williams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's from New Zealand. He's the second player we've ever had. Um, so so I said, yeah, okay, I'll support Philadelphia. And then I watched his debut wow. against Miami. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I picked a great team. We, we yes, just beat did. the defending champions. We're going to be amazing. And then... <laughs> Was that the ten win season, or was that the one b- just before the ten win season? Maybe before. If that I had was to guess. that was the season that his because his rookie year we were like kind of okay, and then the season after that we had the twenty seven game losing streak. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then I sat so through it all. So you joined in the dark days. I I started you are supporting this team fan, at the start friend. of the process. <laughs> I um I should I should have bought it with me. It's in the other room. I still have my Michael. Kyle I have one too. Jersey. I have one too in my closet, <laughs> and it's so weird yeah. that it's got number one on not. it. And now we've got now we've got James Harden wearing number one, who's you know also a six six point guard like Michael Carter Williams was. He's just a top fifty player ever, not Michael <laughs> Carter Williams, who's now going to go fight in the UFC or referee in the UFC. One of those two. Oh my gosh, wow, that's a <laughs> that's a fascinating story. That's great, that's and so I love great. It. And um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's good stuff. So, um, you know, kind of how this is going to roll for the next number of minutes. We're going to just, I mean, so we haven't played basketball in over a week. Our last episode was our win against the Bucks, heading into the, uh, heading into the all-star break. And so now we're preparing for post all-star break life and, uh, Sixers signed Willie Cauley Stein to a 10 day contract recently. <laughs> uh, fast facts about Willie Cauley Stein, 28 years old. Um, he had a couple seasons where he was a pretty mm. decent big, averaging about twelve and seven. 
2017, 18, 18, 19 season. And then last couple seasons, his numbers have declined five points, five rebounds a game. And um, this season, not much. I don't know why. I don't know if either of you guys know why. I don't really keep up Willie Colley Stein too much, but only 18 games played this season, assuming he was hurt. But now, um, obviously, on a 10 day contract, healthy enough for that. And so, what are your guys' thoughts on this signing? I've been yabbering for a minute telling my story. We'll let Michael run. <laughs> Listen, for a man, we, we have you on for this reason. We want you to speak, so we're really glad that you, that you were able to share that, really. Um, Right. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate um, it. Willie Cauley Stein. So, what I what I really know about Willie Cauley Stein mostly comes from his days when he was with the Mavericks. I was watching a very little bit of Willie Cauley Stein film. I think it was yesterday, and really, I mean, he really excels in pick and rolls, um, kind of catching alley oops. You know, he's that he's your athletic big who can block shots, run the fast break. Um, I think he'll, and I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Drummond, but I think he'll be really good at doing some of the things that Drummond did for this team. Um, again, like blocking shots, running the break, catching alley-oops, especially from James Harden. That's going to be cool to watch. Um, so I think, and, and especially because he's on a 10-day, I think <laughs> it's, I mean, there's. I, I don't really think there's anything negative about the move. I think it's just either a trial run for him to be, um, a signing for the rest of the season or again it's just a trial run in 10 days and that's it so I like the signing again like you said he's 20 years old um, and I believe the Mavericks released him about a month ago so he's kind of just been waiting around um, for for another shot right. on a team mm -hmm. it certainly can't hurt Mm, yeah, ten day contracts are beautiful. The ten day signing is is the the real key to it. I mean, yeah. credit Daryl again. Daryl's <laughs> on board and straight up. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so Daryl getting him on a ten day and not and like mm. you know so the non committal thing is is quite good. It's it's real interesting how, how his numbers fell off because he's still like directly proportional to his usage rate. I mean, like between 17, 2017, 2020, it was between 14 and 20% usage on 20 to 28 minutes a game where he was putting up right. like 12 and seven kind of thing. And then he went to Golden State and then they, it was, and then was it Dwight Powell blew his Achilles as, as Luca's lob partner for Luca's second year. So they needed another lob threat for Luca. They, so they traded a second round or something to, the, to Golden State for Collie Stein. And then he's floated with them for a bit. But then between Boban, Dwight Powell coming back, Porzingis, that's a loaded front court that you preferably want quite spread for Luka to do his thing. And then, you know, spot up your other guys, Maxi Kleber, Jalen Brunson, all of them. So that's sort of why we've seen his minutes fall off. It just hasn't been a great fit in Dallas. Um, whereas with us, he's he's got the fit. He's Drummond's replacement. Um, he's definitely not the rebounder right. Drummond was. Few people are. But he's definitely more mobile as a as a defender than Drummond, he can move his feet because you know Drummond's what three hundred and thirty pounds. No one can move their feet at that weight. Um, <laughs> so so Collie Stein, you know, because Harden's going to want to switch the pick and roll a lot, so he's going to be slightly more mobile than Drummond would have been in that situation. Jump a little higher than Drummond too. So I, I really like the fit. And as a ten day, if it works out, then awesome. If not, then you know we can keep going in the buyout market and find somebody else. We we've got. You know, a few months now, a month and a half now, 24 games to the end of the season. This is it. Right. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, I think there's certainly potential, mm-hmm. and I think it was a need. Um, you know, obviously, two of the needs that we've talked about post um, you know James Harden trade two weeks ago is a big, and you know some shooting. We haven't acquired the shooting yet. I mean, that's been a thought for some, but this honestly was my biggest concern. I wasn't super comfortable with Paul Millsap. I mean, I'm still you know he's still obviously on the team, but I don't know about him being the backup five. Um, same with Paul Reed. He obviously shows some potential at times and. Um, he's he had that what the first game post James Harden trade he had that like reverse dunk attempt that was so hilarious. Uh, that, that was that uh, was disgraceful. I mean, I I appreciate the effort. So but moments like that. Don't do that again. <laughs> Tell me what Doc Rivers was thinking no, too. No, like like when Jordan. Yeah, yeah, like like when Jordan Bell threw it off the backboard to himself <laughs> as a rookie for the Warriors. Like you, you you're not. You're not at that level yet. You're not Zach Levine. You're not Ja Morant. Like, you're not the superstar. You're not even a rotation guy to have the clout to get away with that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, Paul Reed's fun. Jack Don't get me wrong. But you, you're not allowed to do that yet as knowing your place in the pecking order. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, Willie Colley-Stein, he could absolutely bring some potential, and I would not be shocked if, if he finds his way into this rotation extended past the 10 day and and plays a role for us moving Mm -hmm. forward so um speaking of moving forward so again we haven't talked about uh, any basketball over the last week because there hasn't been any but moving forward sixers 35 and 23 currently currently sit at the three spot in the eastern conference two and a half back of the bulls and the heat who are 38 and 21 and of course james harden's debut tomorrow night uh, in minnesota eight o'clock friday night and then at New York, uh, kind of home and home at New York Sunday, and then at home against New York for Harden's, uh, hopefully his debut at home on Wednesday uh, coming up into March. Then, of course, the big one I think we all have scheduled um, is uh, the Brooklyn Nets coming to Philadelphia on March 10th, just a little ways down the road, but it'll be here before you know it, two weeks um, from today, actually, so uh, 14 days and uh, exactly one month after the trade went down, will uh, Ben Simmons possibly, right. maybe, I don't think, make no. his return to Philadelphia? We'll have to find out. Um, but, you know, unless you guys have anything to touch on there, um, why don't we camp out on James Harden a little bit? Because why not? Um, like, what? I don't even know. Maybe William can start with this one. Michael and I have kind of talked about it for a while. Like, what do you have to say about James Harden being a sixer? What's your what's your take on it i mean how happy are you about it just you know, you know your immediate reaction all those kind of things i was so so the the trade deadline special that was on espn for us was between 7 a.m and 9 a.m i woke up 6 45 started started streaming it and i was watching it i made my girlfriend a cup of coffee like i do every morning before i go in and wake her up and and she's always a little grumpy in the morning just because that's that's how people wake up i give her a coffee and and just to try and cheer her up, I start singing the the um the, you know, ten nine eight seventy sixes song, and she goes and she says, "I'm not going to be happy unless there's a trade." And we we sat down, we started watching it. We were getting ready for for the day, and we were both just in the lounge, and it happened. Millie Andrews just says, "We got to interrupt you. There's a trade," and we were silent while the entire thing happened. And my first reaction was, "We kept Maxi. We kept Thibel. We didn't give them up." holy cow that's that's absolutely incredible we jumped up and down we screamed we got a noise complaint from our neighbors um worth it it was the best thing (laughs) absolutely right like i (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, it still doesn't feel real. It really doesn't until I see it. Und until he's actually on the court playing, wearing red, white, and blue. It doesn't feel real. It felt almost real today when, when the NBA put out their little thing on Instagram, their points per game leaders, total points leaders, and Harden is second in assists right now. And it had a 76ers player there. So it was mm -hmm. almost real. It, we're almost there. I still I still won't believe it till it actually happens, till we see wow. it. Wow. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Michael, what do you got for just to add to, again, we're less than 24 hours away from it. I, I don't know if it's ever going to feel real simply because, I, I mean, you when you're a fan of a team and you have, okay, you have your player like Joel Embiid, but you're not really expecting, you know, a, a player of his caliber, another player of his caliber to somehow get to your team. So when it happens, you're just like, it's almost I think I think we talked about this last week as well. It's almost surreal to the point where you you know it's it, here it is like it's right in front of you but you're just like wow, this is actually happening. Like you're just you're just thinking wow, this is this after all of this the Sixers get James Harden. J James right. Harden of all players, James Harden. <laughs> We do. We, we really say that have, every, our last but... three episodes, at least, we're like, James Harden, James Harden, it's it, James Harden. It, like, like, wow. We, we got to be honest here. Was there ever a point, I'm going to ask you guys this now, was there ever a point where you, in your mind, maybe not publicly, but in your mind, you settled on a Ben Simmons yes. trade and you said, you know what, Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes, right? Because I, I said it, yeah. there was a point where I was like, you know what, John Wall, we'll just take it to, because John Wall will make free throws, or at least shoot them, for crying out loud. Right. Um, and, and to, to you know, as fans, we uh, everyone had that point where we were like, oh, Kevin Herter and John Collins or, or Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes. And, and it shows why none of us are GMs because Daryl did his best oh Emperor gosh. Palpatine impression and just waited. He waited, 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 and he not only got his superstar, he got his guy. You know, we've right. heard Daryl say that Harden was a better offensive player than Michael Jordan. So Daryl got his guy specifically. I, I still can't get over that. Yep. Yeah, I definitely had those moments, especially, I mean, Michael can tell you, we talked about it on this on this podcast, is as as we kept creeping up to the deadline, I became more and more like, okay, let's do something because I don't want this yeah. season to be a complete waste. Mm. Um, you know, with again, with how Joel has performed this year and the fact that, again, we're 12 games over 500 without Ben Simmons playing a single play for us is was just so significant to me. And I was like, but when reality sets in if we keep the same team that we had we're not gonna make that much noise in the playoffs mm. and so i was like let's do something let's do something i was getting really impatient um but as you noted daryl did what daryl does and just uh, a genius. here we are yeah, he's just like I, I i can't even accurately describe i mean this dude waited eight months to get james harden he waited through all the criticism through all of the People saying, oh, you know, what does he think Ben is? What does he think he's LeBron James? What do you think he's an MVP? He waited through all of that and said, he waited, or I'm he just waited saying like in the context months. of the whole Simmons, months, like he, the whole Simmons yeah. fiasco thing, you know? Uh, oh, exactly. yeah, since, since, since Ben asked out after the Atlanta and it's series. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, because yeah, it, I think it's incredible that, that he wanted, because we all know, right? Ben, Maxi, two firsts was on the table for mm -hmm. Houston. And and they didn't give him to him. And and Daryl kept going after Harden. Like that's the incredible part is he was denied James Harden once, and then just went to the team that got James Harden and said, "Well, I'll give you this for him now." Oh, it's incredible. 
He's he's playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers. That's how it's you've seen the been. you've That's seen the meme or whatever been. it is. Oh yeah, no, da- Daryl. Yeah. I, I I've texted Michael this before. Daryl is playing four D chess another, in a like, VR machine. Of, yeah. <laughs> of of actions yeah. like he he he's just on a totally different plane than everyone else. When when mm. Bob Myers and Joe Lake are like, oh yeah, we're light years ahead of everybody else. I sort of forgot Daryl Morey existed in that moment. <laughs> yep, it's incredible. It's incredible. And here we are on a podcast about the 76ers talking about James Harden. So um, it's still surreal. Michael said it best. So um, let me ask you this. So we just we just talked about, you know, the upcoming schedule, uh, Minnesota and then New York twice. What do you want to see or what do you anticipate from James over these three games just kind of how it's going to look on the floor what kind of role he's going to play is he going to be super aggressive is he going to be looking to facilitate um what do you what do you expect to see what do you want to see kind of along those lines Mike honestly um I know he's been I mean from what it seems he's been in game shape throughout the past week well I guess two weeks actually because he hasn't really played for the Nets I know he missed the I believe it was right. three or four games before he got traded. So that's like a week and a half, two weeks of non-action, including the All-Star break. So I would assume, based off of the shooting videos, the practicing scrimmaging that we've seen, I would assume he's in game shape. And if he's not, I hope that these you know, Minnesota-New York games can serve as sort of a little bit of a tune-up, not only for the Brooklyn game um, on March 10th, but for the rest of the season and for the playoffs. And if he's already in game shape, well... Good luck to every other team because that's 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 going to be dangerous. But either way, I think I think these um, first few games coming out of the All Star break are just going to be a sort of like okay, you know, what's James Harden looking like with the Sixers? What kind of things can we expect from not only James Harden but James Harden with the Sixers? You know, things like that. Where where does this team go? How how do they form the team? around Harden and Embiid in terms of like in terms of actually playing you know like where where do they go from here kind of thing mm-hmm. what what are they going to look like moving forward and I think these next two games could could possibly huge emphasis on could serve as a potentially like look looking forward kind of thing if that makes sense mm-hmm. yep yep William what about you I'm really interested. I, I, I honestly think, in terms of a dynamic, it's going to be pretty similar to, to Kobe and Shaq, just just from a, a thick perspective. Right. I'm not saying that they are in that right. category, right? That's blasphemous. But <laughs> I, I'm not, no, I'm not, not concerned about the fit at all alongside Harden and Embiid, because in all honesty, we know Harden wants to throw his weight around and go to the free throw line. Embiid, to preserve his body, is going to pop out the three-point line a little more, where he's going to do his awesome super awesome fake and then you know drive past everyone he's going to be fine that fit's going to be seamless i'm really interested to see him play alongside maxi and tobias harris specifically harris because he's hyped up maxi like crazy he says maxi's awesome maxi got a few dunks maxi's competitive quick feisty all that stuff i want to see him play alongside tobias harris because tobias harris was what the fourth option when we had jimmy butler on the team that's and that's sort of it he, other than that he's, he was the third option what last season he was the second option for most of this season right. as Maxi sort of ascended and they've been two A, two B kind of thing. 
now with with Maxi ascending as well and Harden fitting in, does Tobias go back to being the fourth option? How much exception does he take to that? Does it what is it was his shot selection look like? Does he just start turning into well, I haven't had my touches. I'm just going to take six dribbles and burp up a late shot clock thing. I want, or or does he accept his role as the fourth option or third option? Because he, because as a spot up guy, he's phenomenal, right? When you get him open, he can right. knock down jumpers when he just makes quick decisions. That's when he's at his best. So if he accepts that role alongside Harden, we know Harden plays well with shooters, right? Trevor Reza, Eric Gordon, back in the Houston days when they nearly toppled the Warriors, I, like if. I know Harden's going to say, hey, if you can do this, you're going to excel playing alongside me. If he can do that, then, I, I, you know, the sky's the limit for this team. I'm just really interested to see how those guys fit around him. Um, hmm. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah, I, I mean, Tobias, he's the guy, you know, I guess since he's been here, has had an ever-changing role, as you noted, mm -hmm. or at least an ever-changing, you know, is he the second, third, fourth guy? Um, and I couldn't agree more. I, you know, again with Tyrese and his rise, um, Tobias could be very well looked at as the fourth option, you know, for the 76er team, and that's mm. yeah, a freaking good fourth option. But does he want that? Will he accept that? And how will he play in that? And I agree too. Mm. I think that Tobias is a spot up. You know, he can he can knock him down. Um, a lot of times he seems a little reliant on his own ability to get Which his own shot and um <laughs> you know i think james harden right and james harden can take that a little bit away from him and help him um you know get open and just spot up so that's certainly something to take note of and again i think over these three games um you know i, I think it'll be a feeling out process um for harden of course with with all these guys and the good thing is i mean like you noted i mean we have 24 25 games left uh, to get right before the playoffs, and uh, I think as good of a player that James Harden is, I, I don't think it's going to be a very difficult process, and that's the hope. Uh, but that brings me to my next question is, like, what are you concerned about? I mean, we could say that, you know, the Tobias Harris fit could be a little bit of a concern. Um, now, it's easy because I've been on cloud nine for the last two weeks, as many Sixers fans have, about this trade and everything's going to be perfect, everything's going to be wonderful, everything's going to be beautiful. What's a possible concern you have, either short-term, long-term, you know, just about this whole James Harden deal so we can be a little um, level-headed, realistic, <laughs> let's say? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I guess this is a concern for every team, but I guess injuries, especially with Embiid, because although he's probably had his best seasons um in terms of staying healthy so far there's always that concern of you know he could fall the wrong way hurt his leg in some form his ankle his knee um and the hardened with the whole hamstring thing i mean that was affecting him last year in the playoffs you'd hope that you know maybe now um he's kind of had he's kind of developed sort of a maybe not a way to prevent that but sort of if it happens to to kind of nurse it and maybe play with it or kind of just take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit and and let it heal a little bit before you start playing and um other than that i mean really like i i i i i'd have to think of other concerns in terms of this new look sixers team um, aside from injuries, because I think I think that's probably a big one. I know it's something that we don't like to think about for obvious reasons, but I think that's a really big one. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm Ooh, concerned okay. about Doc. I don't blame I you. Am. I am. So, so, in in my knowledge as as an NBA fan, I'm just going to rattle off the Hall of Famers. Doc has, has has had the privilege and the honor to coach. I've got Rondo as a Hall of Fame. I'm just going to put him there right now. Yep. Rondo, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. Right? He had DeAndre Jordan in his prime. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he had, you know, first team all defense or whatever it was. DeAndre Jordan. Right? He had Embiid in his prime. He had Ben Did Simmons who made the All Star team that year. He's not a Hall of Famer. Right? JJ Redick was on that Clippers team too. Like. The yeah. talent that Doc has had as a coach, and, and like, and and to have all those guys, and to have one ring out of it, and to have the most blown three one leads ever, the most blown three two leads ever, and of the and uh, out of the last ten seasons, the ten biggest regular season blown leads, Doc oh, has no. six of them. I'm sorry, <laughs> no. that's that's genuine concern. Uh, it's, I, I'm concerned about Doc. He's had a lot of. He's always had a lot of talent, right? That's why he's got a thousand wins. That's why he's a top fifteen coach ever. And it's 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 the whole you know Popovich turned nobodies into Hall of Famers, and Doc has sort of had a Hall of Famers that turned into Paul George in the bubble sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's I'm, I'm concerned about Doc, and I'm concerned about Matisse as well, because okay. the best way you get better at shooting is by shooting the ball. You you know it, practice makes permanent. Take you know, keep taking game shots, keep taking game shots. That's why Ben never got better at it because Ben never took them, let alone made them. And now there's even less shots to go around for Matisse. Mm. And is he going to turn into Andre Roberson or Tony Allen or that kind of guy? Because don't get me wrong, phenomenal defender, right? We know that. Tony Allen got his jersey retired in Memphis just from being a defender. But like Matisse's extension, he's eligible this offseason for it. What are we going to want to pay him if he can't shoot the ball? If he he played 14 minutes against the Bucks, and he didn't even start the second half. He played three minutes the whole second half against the Bucks, and he's our best perimeter defender. I'm really concerned about how he fits alongside of them, considering all the shots that have to go around, and as the playoffs slow down, your weak links get exposed. I don't know right. about Doc's um, rigidity and flexibility when it comes to the lineups around Matisse fitting into all that. Hmm. Well said. Well said. See, now you're giving me like anxiety because <laughs> Doc Rivers wasn't the one on my mind, but but you're exactly right. Now he is on my mind. Um, what do you? I mean, this is a very broad question, but what do you think it is for Doc? I mean, it, it appears at least the rumor <sighs> is that you know these stars enjoy playing for him and that kind of thing, and he's a great regular season coach. What do you think it is? Or, like, what do you see in Doc's coaching style that, you know, if you could give him a piece of advice for the playoffs this, you know, upcoming season, what would it be? I think he's I a was little just going to say, I think he just let the That's players why play, to play a lot. And the players obviously like that because they want to play how they want to play. Yeah. And they've grown up in the AAU system where it's all yeah. about them, right? Harden's yeah. been in a heliocentric offense before where it was all about him. Steve Nash did the same thing with Harden back last season when, when Durant and Kyrie were out and Harden had to carry the load. Same thing he did in Houston. Right. And Doc empowers them, right? On and off the court, Doc is big on letting the players be themselves and he's not Popovich where it's you run my system. You do as you are told. Mm-hmm. When I call a play for Kawhi, it is for the Spurs to score. You know, he's, he's sort of the opposite of that. And in the playoffs, 
sometimes you need a bit of right we're just gonna you know run two guys off of the screen here and we're gonna shoot this shot and and, and play to this specific system and i think you know for the freestyle sort of heliocentric offense when you've got all these guys around you you gotta have to give them structure they're grown men there's a lot of egos there you've got to give them a pecking order a hierarchy and structure to really get it moving together that's how the spurs were so great as a team for a long time they understood the pecking order rather than letting everyone be themselves because when you let everyone be themselves your egos get slightly inflated and that's mm. when you start to clash heads a little bit right it's what brett brown wanted to do was let everyone be themselves and then you had jimmy and ben sort of clashing egos the and then the organization had to pick between them and we know how that went <laughs> yep excellent point excellent point you know and i i mean i agree with the uh you know note on matisse thibel as well um because that, it could be exploited. Certainly, his his lack of ability to shoot the basketball in the playoffs, of course, and um, it it is a factor in the sense too that him being our best perimeter defender, and we don't have a Ben Simmons anymore. Um, there's a heavy load on him defensively, but if he can't stay on the court, if we're playing four on five on offensive end, yeah, that's a concern. So. Um, yeah. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Let's move to uh, a little prediction kind of thing. So we're going to – I see it. The way I see it, there's six teams maybe maybe that could uh, make the finals out of the East that I want to be overly super shocked or surprised. A couple I'd be yeah. a little more surprised than others <laughs> yeah. uh, if they make it out of the East. But, you know, the top five seeds in the East right now, and then um, you've got the Brooklyn Nets who are a little – a little bit beyond that, uh, who are certainly a contender. So um, whoever wants to go first, I want you to rank the six teams in order, one being they have the best chance to reach the NBA Finals, uh, to six being they have the least chance. And the teams uh, are, again, according to the seed, Miami, Chicago, Philadelphia, Cleveland, Milwaukee, and then Brooklyn, again, a little bit down on the list. I think they're in the seventh seed right now. Uh, but we put them ahead of the Raptors and the Celtics for obvious reasons. So, uh, out of those six, give me a ranking, one to six, one being the best chance to make the finals. Cool. Go for it, Michael. Right, I want to so hear you as first. I, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are the clear-cut number one. I, they're just a juggernaut. I mean, when all three guys, I mean Giannis, Drew, and Chris Milton, when they're healthy, they're just a fantastic team. They don't have a lot of holes or flaws in their team so i would go milwaukee and then i think it's them in tier one i think tier two is sixers bucks i'm sorry sixers nets in that order and probably the heat as well the heat are a very good team and they they have been for the past few years obviously they made the finals in 2020 um and then from there i would go chicago cleveland i i I'm, <laughs> that is, I'm kind of mad that you included the Cavs. Not because I don't like the Cavs, but because I just don't know if they're on the tier of these teams. Like, that's just my that's my opinion, but I don't know if they're on the level of these teams, you know? Right. No, I, I, I partly did that because I knew you would say that, too. <laughs> um, but I had the okay. exact same order that you just had. Um, myself just doing it real quick. So, uh, William. Let's hear. Let's and hear what you think. I, I did it in mm. tiers, uh, j just like you guys did. Um, in in tier one, our one A, one B. I've wow. got Philly and Brooklyn, and I got to I got to be honest. 
I, I really oh sorry sorry fill in Milwaukee <laughs> not Brooklyn not not cool. sorry sorry fill in Milwaukee my mistake and in all honesty we that just beat Milwaukee in Mil in, in, yes. was it in Milwaukee or was yep. it in, it was in, in Milwaukee. Milwaukee wasn't it yeah without James Harden I I gotta be honest I really think we have a good shot in a seven game series I think mm-hmm. home court whoever has it wins that series I okay. really do um okay and and then and then the tier below that I've got Miami Brooklyn. And I'm sorry, I know we're supposed to hate them for our history or whatever, but I've got the Celtics in the same tier as Miami and Brooklyn. I really do. Because they, they've been the best half-court okay. defense in the league for, for the second half of the season so far, like since since January 1st, really. Right. And I think when, when it slows down in the playoffs, when your half-court offense is, you know, the, the, when there's no more fast break anymore, I think Chicago and Cleveland are really going to struggle. I think she, okay. you know, Cleveland's just a little too young. Like, like if, if they played the Bucks, I'd expect Drew Holiday to put Darius Garland in the torture <laughs> chamber ends. and give him hell. For, for, and defense. On both ends. On both ends. For, for the four games of that series would be Garland would average, you know, 12 points and six assists with like, you know, eight That's turnovers a game who? or I missed something. It. You know? Yeah. Sorry? Darius Garland would do what? Who was the lockdown defender? I missed what team or anything. Oh, Drew Holiday. <laughs> Drew. Put yeah. him in the, t- Fair put him in the torture jail. chamber. He'd, he'd destroy him. <laughs> The Cavs are just a little too young, and and I think Chicago is just a little too small. Now they did get Tristan Thompson, and he was making big contributions just today against the Hawks, and that's that's great. But when it, when it comes down to it, I think I think they just don't have enough quite yet on the wing. Zach Levine's a questionable defender. DeRozan's a little bit older, and DeRozan's got a lot of miles on his legs come postseason. So who knows yeah, where he's going to be defensively? Defensively, the so, Bulls have some pretty significant issues i don't aside from caruso um like that and oh and lonzo i and forgot lonzo, about him as well give him but, you know like there. but that's the thing exactly, he's been injured right exactly. that's why you so it's about like de- defensively <laughs> i don't know if they're if they have enough kind of like what you said um especially in terms of competing with milwaukee brooklyn even even philly even miami like those teams i think in some What happens now? Just keep rolling. Okay. Michael figured okay. it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I and I, th- I think you're right in terms of the defensive order there. I think I think Miami's a sleeper, but I think everyone said Miami's a sleeper. Like like all the all the you know Zach Lowe's, Bill Simmons of the world, they're all like, yeah yeah, sleep on Miami at your own peril. Heat culture will come and eat you alive. <laughs> uh, and I, I think that's right. right. You know, put him against um like if you put the Miami against the Cavs. In the first round, you know, again, Darius Garland is going to get put in the torture chamber. He's going to get eaten alive just because they're young. Marketing mm-hmm. would get beaten up by Bam, and and even even Udonis Haslam would you know pull the chair on Marketing <laughs> or something, just an old man move, <laughs> and, and and make him feel stupid for a minute. So in, in all seriousness, Chicago and Cleveland, they're definitely the bottom tier of that. I have the Celtics above them. I honestly do because they experience yeah. counts for something, right? Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they've been to the conference finals a bunch. Experience right. really does count for something in this, and yeah, Brooklyn could sort of probably be put on the same tier as Philadelphia and Milwaukee when healthy, but we've got to see it first. Mm-hmm. And with their recent trend, it's not looking great. Also, Brooklyn is either going to be really too big or far too small. Right. They don't. They don't have a lot of wings in between. They've got their big men in Aldridge, Griffin, Claxton, Drummond, and they've got their little guys with Patty Mills, Dragic, Kyrie. Seth Curry, 
Yep. Not a lot of in-between guys. They got Bruce Brown, Kevin Durant, and and James Johnson. That's it. Is there in-between guys, and only one of them can shoot. Right. Yeah, I think um, even to the point of we got to see it from the Nets, um, you know, because there's there's two new, obviously very, very new-look teams in the East. One's the Sixers, one's the Nets. And the Nets, like you mentioned, are trending in the wrong direction, while the Sixers were doing it were, are, are the three seed without James Harden, and now they add James Harden to it. And so I think that's why we can have a little more faith in the new-look Sixers, even though we haven't seen it yet, is because they were already performing without it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, and I, th- I, I, you know, I hope Celtics fans are listening and, and notice the fact that we didn't put them in this, and then William came on and did. And I don't disagree. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I think they're, they're certainly in the mix. Um they're, they're certainly in the they, they could make the second round if they got the right matchup. They could. They could. If they, like, exactly. Like, Very situational. Chicago or Cleveland. If they got mm-hmm. Chicago. Like, say, say the Celtics were, were the seventh seed. They won their play-in game and Chicago finished as the second seed. Right? Then, then you know, I, I honestly book Celtics in an upset there. Yeah. I, I would. I would right? as well. If any Celtics fan is listening, I know from our history we're not supposed to like each other. Um, <laughs> but I'd pick Celtics to win that series. Um so it's situational exactly. on, on Boston. Yep. I, what's fascinating to me is the fact that these, you know, six, seven teams that we're naming are in, it's so close right now, especially at the oh, yeah. top five. It's two and a half, three games apart. And it's, we're 24 games out. And so these matchups are going to drive everything. That's why it's so hard mm-hmm. to predict this, predict this, because, you know, I mean, who's going to be surprised at this point with the standings the way they're at if, if Philadelphia plays Brooklyn in the first round or if the Bucks get a tough matchup in the first round? Like, it might be – we don't know because it's so, so tight. We might have to play we, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Miami or Boston or whoever you want to throw in there as the third most difficult team. We just don't know what it's going to look like. and. It's, it's I'm really crazy. hoping Embiid goes to Twitter again like he did in previous postseasons and posts the photos of who he thinks he's going to play in each round <laughs> oh, yeah. on, on his way to the title. I, I really hope that he does. I know he's grown up a lot since he stopped doing that, yeah. but like the the internet troll in me really wants him to, to go back and do it one more time because I, I think this is, you know, this season or next season are our best shots to win it. I'd, I'd love to see him try it. Um, we won the tiebreaker against Chicago. We're 3-0 and against them this season. Mm-hmm. And two of those games were with eight players. So, I mean, <laughs> we, like it, that, that works out in favor for us in terms of seeding. But, like, we don't have the tiebreaker against Brooklyn. We're 2-1 and one against them. We, uh, we, got, we got wrecked by the Bucks once this season, yeah. didn't we? Early yeah. when MB was out in November. And Paul, and Paul Reed was when playing Max, Max, he had yeah. 39 in that game? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. So, like, yeah, we probably don't have the tiebreaker against Milwaukee. Even if we beat Brooklyn, it had come down to points differential or something. So that that's going to get tight for the tiebreaker there. We play Cleveland three more times. We've beaten them once, so we've definitely. And now we've added James Harden, mm-hmm. so we've got a shot to win the tiebreaker. Right. And that. Who am I missing? Miami. Miami. Yeah. Yeah. What's our record against them? I can't remember. I don't know. I think they're also. Th- I think they're thirty-five and. But us against them, yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, us against I them. I know they. I know the Sixers beat them once uh, a few weeks ago. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 
Hmm. Okay, assume we're even with them for the season then, and the next time we play them, hmm. we'll determine the tiebreaker. Yeah, so we've got a good shot to, to, because it's so close, we've got a decent shot to get better seating and therefore home court with all the tiebreakers we've won. But you still don't know what's going to happen because it's all so close. Whereas, you, you know, you go to the West and Phoenix is eight games or whatever. Right. They're clear in the number one seed. And that's wow. and they're going to keep it even with Chris Paul being yeah. out till the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. It really is this this push for the playoffs and the seeding and how the matchups and all of that fun stuff are going to play out. Um, so let's real quick get a couple more things to touch on. So james harden's debut is uh fastly approaching we're almost yes. an hour closer than when we started this episode so that's a beautiful thing um james harden's debut in minnesota tomorrow night give me some predictions let's predict um the winner will get i don't know what but we'll see if we had merch i would say planet 76 merch we don't have any merch uh points rebounds assists for james harden give me a stat line prediction uh I'll, I'll go something. I'll go something like I'll go like fifteen. No, I'll go like eighteen, six and six. Eighteen, six and six. Sure. I've got I've got nineteen, eight and six written down here. That's eight assists, six rebounds. Okay. Um, I'm thinking b- because it's Minnesota. I'm I'm just thinking about it now. Like in terms of perimeter defenders, D'Lo, who's actually had good on-off yeah. numbers this year defensively. He's, he's been good um, this year. Yeah, d- yeah, which is. You know, we never thought we'd say D'Lo and defense in the same true. sentence without a bad <laughs> yeah, but we, he's, he's been good this year. So we, I, I, both left-handers, I guess that's that's basically his matchup. I, I'm, I've got nineteen eight and six written down. I'm thinking twenty two eight and six. Okay, cool. Oh man, that is Little not far scoring. off from what yeah. I was going to say. Now I'm going to have to mix it up. Gosh, I was going to say twenty one eight and five, but that's a little close to I yours. I mean, hey. I said 18, right? I said 18, 6, and 6. I mean... <clears throat> you know what? I'm just going to go big for because for, why not? I'm going to go 27. Wow. Because <laughs> okay, why I not? Like it. Because you I guys like took it. all the low numbers or, you know, anything near the low numbers. 27, 7, and 7. Lucky cool. 7. All right. All right. The LeBron James career average. That's okay. right. Yep. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, he's... You guys, come on now. He's like, you know, one of the greatest scorers of all time. Michael's got him in the teens. Come on now. For his debut, it's a feel out game, right? Exactly, it like is. I said, like it I is. was saying about but the I wanna, Minnesota. I want to see him feel team, out you know? a thirty-point game. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, it wouldn't shock right, me. Um, is what I will man, say. this has been a this has been fun. Very. This has been fun. Very fun, uh, William. So typically, how we end when we have a guest is oh, yes. that we give <laughs> we give you the floor for however long you want it, um, to give us a hot take slash a bold prediction on the Sixers, on something NBA-related, uh, something related to this season, of course. So uh, the floor is yours. And again, thank you for joining us on episode 41 yes. of Planet 76. Thank you very much. So big thanks to be here. Um, uh, yeah, Thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. First time doing anything like this. I really, really love it. Really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Your content's awesome. Michael, as an Instagram poster, just on Trust the Love, the level-headedness all Thank season you, is, is is my biggest appreciation for the whole internet for the entire year <laughs> because the internet's full of outrage culture. It's how you get clicks. It's, you know, being level-headed isn't sexy, but my God, is it actually accurate most of the time. So, so I really appreciate that. Really appreciate you guys. My, my hot take, my bold prediction, whatever you want to call it, Dallas makes the conference fine. Wow. Okay. 
Wow. Luca goes from from losing in the first round, first two times he's been to the playoffs. I I just think there's no one in the West that can stop him other than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And as far as I know, they're not playing. If they come back, different story, right? My my prediction is subject to change based on that. (laughs) I think Dallas makes the conference finals. Um, I think right now they'd match up with Phoenix in the second round. Um, And if Chris and if they you know if Chris Paul's hand is still a bit is still a bit iffy. At that point, I seriously, I don't think anyone can stop Luca. No, I really don't. I, I don't. My honest prediction is Luca will go down as the seventh greatest player to ever play the game. Wow, that's that's my that's my prediction. We get a two part prediction here. We are so blessed. Um, but but in terms of in terms of this season, I think Luca makes the conference finals against Golden State. And that depends on Draymond's health. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to look that far into my crystal ball. <laughs> but at that point, I think I think it's a Dallas Golden State Conference Finals, um, and I, I think Luca goes all the way, averaging like 35, 11, and 11. I love okay. that. I love Luca, okay. and I love that because it's true. Like, no one is stop. I mean, this dude, he's one of he's. I mean, I don't want to say the most, but he's one of the most unguardable players in the entire league, and he's doing all of this without having. A reliable jump shot. I mean, he does everything. Like he's just an offensive genius. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love that. Like I'm not gonna take your. I'm not gonna say I agree, but I love it. It's good. It's it's a hot yes, take, right? We're, we're allowed to exaggerate a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. No, we love that. And um, hey, man, I'm just gonna say it right now. We would love to have you love back. To have, on I was just episode. thinking the same thing. <laughs> another episode of Planet 76 in the future. I, I'd love to be back. Obviously, it's a first-time thing. If you get terrible ratings for having a foreigner <laughs> no. on, then obviously don't have me again. But <laughs> That ain't going to happen. No, we'll have you on for uh, sure, maybe to preview the playoffs or something here in a few weeks. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That'd be cool. Definitely. Absolutely, man. This, is, this has been fun. All right. All right, William. Well, thank you for joining us again. And, uh, again, that's Michael. This is Troy. And uh, this is Planet 76, Episode 41. Thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, the Dirk episode. We'll see you next time. The Dirk episode. <laughs> we'll see you next time. All right. Catch you later. You just listened to an episode of the Planet 76 podcast. Hey, we appreciate you joining us for this episode. Whatever platform you're on, why don't you hit that subscribe button for us, and we'll see you next time.